Are your hands ready? You know, our God loves the harvest. He's all about multiplication. See, it's the enemy of our souls. Satan, who comes to rob and kill and destroy, to steal. But God's all about blessing. He's all about increase and all about harvest. And he wants that for every area of our lives, and he wants that for our nation. He really does. You know, when I was young, my father taught me to plant seeds in the garden. We, I come from a family of eight children, mum and dad, there was ten of us. In those days, you got, got the basic necessities. And uh, the rest of the time, you planted the seed or you had your fruit trees out in the orchard. And uh, I planted seeds in the garden. And I planted them in faith. I learned to plant them in faith, believing that there was going to be a harvest that they'd come up. Little did I know when he was teaching me about planting seeds that that would be a lesson for life that I could apply in other areas of my life. I remember the seeds. You plant them in different depths of soil. It's a long time back because now I actually, instead of planting in the garden, we go to the supermarket. But back when I was younger, this is a long time ago. So... Different seeds would go at different depths. I know the radish seeds were the fastest to come up. I used to like that because I was a little bit impatient when it came to a harvest. I wanted to see a crop come up straight away. I didn't like the waiting period for a harvest. And the radish seeds, the radishes, you could just about pull them up, I think if I remember rightly, in about three weeks. Other seeds almost took three weeks to come up. Not quite, but maybe 10 days, two weeks to come up. Radishes would be up. And every day you'd go out and water them and you'd be looking and you'd wait for the seeds to come through. You know, God's all about seed time and harvest. He's all about resurrection, something coming up from the ground. He made us from the ground. He breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life. We became a living soul. You know, when I started work, I learned about sowing and reaping. I, I went to work and I gave the boss my time and my energy. And then at the end of the week, he gave me some cash, some money. I thought that was a good good exchange, but I had to sow something to get it. It's just a simple thing, but it applies to all areas of life, the sowing and reaping. Do you know in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 28 and 29, we're just going to look at that. And I know Ruth brought this before, I think. It says, "In God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. And God said, see, I've given you herb that yields seed, that yields seed, which is on the every herb, I should say, which is on the faith of the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed, yields seed. To you it shall be for food. There's two things in these two verses that God gave us. The first one was what? Blessing. Blessing. That's very important. God blessed them. He gave them a seed. He blessed them. God's blessings on the seed. When we plant seed, God blesses it. The sun shines down on the soil when we plant seeds in the garden, and they need the sun, and the seeds, even no matter which way you turn the seed up, it comes up through the ground. It doesn't go down, and half the seeds don't sprout underground, and half of them above the ground. No, they all seem to know which way to go. God's blessing, the sunlight blesses it. God's blessing is upon our seed, the seed that we um, sow. It's exciting. Here's, here's two principles. Just having seed by itself without the blessing is not good enough. And just keeping hold of the seed and keeping the seed in the packet's not, not good enough either because it won't come up and the it just doesn't sprout. Unless it's potatoes, of course. You ever tried to peel potatoes when they're sprouting? 
It's a nu nuisance, isn't it? I like feeling spuds. Done many when I was younger with a big family. But when they've got those sprouts on them, it's a bit annoying. But potatoes and coomeras and things like that, they'll sprout in the packet. But usually seed doesn't sprout until it's in the ground. So right from the beginning, God created man to share in his own destiny through planting seed and through him blessing it. And that's a wonderful thing. It's something perhaps that we forget sometimes these days. When you've got the blessing of God on you and you've got his seed in your hand, no one else can dictate to you your outcome. Yeah? You, you actually dictate what happens. You got, it applies to all areas of life. If you want to earn more, sometimes God wants you to plant some seed. You know, I've been 33 years a believer and planting into the offering every week, whether it's online or in the offering buckets, and it's always yielded increase. I don't know how it works. Yeah, sometimes I've got to be patient. It might be a few months, and it doesn't all of a sudden go, okay, Lord, I'm putting the $10. By Friday, I want to see $100, you know. Um, but you wait, and over time, the blessing comes. I don't know how it works. The blessing is his business. It's not my business, although I quite like his blessing on my business. <laughs> it becomes my business. So, so it's so important, this whole um, sowing and reaping. Are your hands ready for the harvest, you see? Are, are you sowing? What are you sowing? And where are you sowing it? In 2 Corinthians um, 9 and verse 10, it says, Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed that you have sown. Not the seed in your packet. Seed that you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. See, we had to first, before we plant the seed, we had to prepare the soil. Now I know we want, God wants to harvest the souls. But sometimes the soil needs to be prepared and here at Excite we're all about relationship with our community. We don't want to just go running out there and just throwing although there's a time for that to plant the seed everywhere. But we want to prepare the soil. When you're going to plant a garden or even a big crop in a paddock, it takes quite a bit of preparation. Because when I left school, I actually went and worked on a Coomera farm. That was my first job. And I had to do, we had to plough the paddock. Then we went across with discs the second time. We disked it. Then we got a rotary hoe and moulded it up for the Coomera plants with the moulds, the mounds, three times. So it took a lot of preparation before you even put the... Uh, plants in it or the seed in it. The ground takes preparation. And so we prepare it, the seed in Northland, by even the way we live as people. Our connection, our relationship with people. Sometimes we just want to go out and see a harvest instantly, but we've got to be wise about it. And there's a process in order to impact people's lives. If you, if you prepare the soil and you plant the seed and take good care of it, you're going to get a crop. In Galatians chapter 6, though, there's a bit of a warning there. In verse 7 and 8, it says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, ooh, it's a bit of a warning here, whatever a man sows, he will also reap. For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. So we're always going to be reaping, but what are you reaping? And is it what you really want to be reaping? So it's just, a, it's just a, something for us to think about. I just put that out there so that God might just speak into our hearts. 
it applies to all areas of our lives. Even when we're watching something on telly, what sort of images are going into your database? What's going into your heart, the garden of your heart? And what is the fruit of that going to be? What are you allowing your children to watch on TV? And what is the fruit? God's not going to be mocked whatever a man or person sows into their own heart or even into their family and allows even in their own house will bear a harvest and bear a crop. It's just the way it is. Seed, seed and sowing is necessary for the harvest. But we must realize that the seed that we carry as believers is very precious. Very precious. The seed that we carry is Christ. A revelation of Christ. He is the Word. He is the seed. He is the one that went into the ground and died. He said, except the corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it die, it brings forth much fruit. And so we, we see in Romans 1 and 16, it's, Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel or the good news of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation to everyone that believes. See, the Word is the seed. And it says that Christ died for our sins. That's the gospel. He died. He went into the ground. He was buried. And then he rose again. In order for something to sprout up, something's got to die. And now he lives out his life in each one of us who trust in him and believe in him. And what a harvest for God and for the glory of God there's been down through the last 2,000 years. Eh? God is looking for a harvest from our own lives as well as a harvest of souls in Northland. Now the first place we need to sow the seed is in our own lives. We need to get hold of the word daily and just sow it into our hearts, into our lives, and it'll be a good fruit. When I read the Bible, when I learn scriptures, when I, when I hear what God's saying to me, it's never brought bad fruit out. When I look to the Lord, I'm never disappointed. If I try uh, and look to myself, Sometimes I'm disappointed. See, I often fail, but one of the things about Jesus is he never fails. He never disappoints. He never lets us down. So it's good seed to sow. And when we sow it in our lives, well, then it reflects out into other people's lives. Are your hands ready? Are you sowing already the right seed into your own life, the ground of your own heart? Is your, the ground of your heart prepared to receive the word of God? Is your heart open to the Lord? Because when you do sow that good seed, it'll bear a fruit. And Matthew 5 and 16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. If it's not working in your own life, how can we actually share it with others? First, this is our house. Then we have our own home where our seed works and then out into the community. Praise God. Harvest time is fun. We all love the harvest time. We all love to go out and pick the veggies. Or I know when I was younger, I used to like gathering in the hay into the barn and that. But it's so important that we prepare the ground and that we plant seed. And our lives and the relationships that we have with our community is part of the preparation. People watch us. They look at us. They can either be attracted to Jesus or our life would push people away from the Lord. The, the way we are, not here on Sunday morning, but in our home, with our children. That's where we plant the seed first. That's where we plow the ground, and that's where we see fruit for the glory of it. And it, it does take time. 
Sometimes there's disappointments. Friday's disappointments. Now what? Sunday's empty tomb. Since when was it possible? Great, great song. I love it. The ground in Northland is hot to receive the seed of God. It's ready. It's ready. I'm excited about the harvest, but let's go and sow some seed as well. And really our own life is a seed that we've got to sow. Our Lord sowed his own life. Christ died for our sins and he was buried. When are we going to be poured out? We have to pour out our own lives for a thirsty world. The seed has to work in our own hearts and lives first. We become the offering for our community. Yeah? Are your hands ready? The second thing is, I was thinking about hands for the harvest, then I thought about heart for a harvest. Heart for the harvest. And the second question I want to ask you, is your heart ready? Is your heart ready? See, seed faith is needed. Faith generated in the heart as the word of God goes in. And we have faith in, in God and what he says. And we believe for a great harvest. God has given every one of us a measure of faith. But do we really believe? Is it an action? Are we trusting in him to breathe and bring the blessing upon the seed we're sowing? First, your hands have to be ready. You've got to sow the seed. But then, as we read in Genesis, then there's the blessing of God. That's his part. We do his part. Sow the right seed. Are we preaching ourselves or are we preaching and planting Christ? You see? Paul the Apostle said, We preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves, your servants, for Christ's sake. Amen. So is your heart ready? See, if there's barrenness in your heart or in your soul and in your life, you need to sow seed. You need to sow the Word of God into your heart. Daily, read the Word of God. It's good seed. It brings forth fruit after its kind. It brings forth blessing. You see, the blessing of God is upon the Lord Jesus. He is the Word. The Holy Spirit came down on Christ at the day of, uh, when He got baptized at the River Jordan at the baptism with John the Baptist there. And the Holy, as he came out of the water, the Holy Spirit descended on him. And there's blessing and favor of God upon Christ. He is the word. You plant that, there's word in your heart, and blessing is attracted to him. You live for self, and blessing goes away from you. You see? God, don't be deceived. God's not mocked. He won't be mocked. You can't kid God. He's already put these laws of planting and sowing and reaping in, 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 in the universe, and you can't change it. It's just the way it is. But just take stock. Is your heart ready to receive the word? Are you receiving that word and bearing fruit? Maybe in your finances. Maybe you need to see increase in your finances. I want to encourage you, plant seed. You go, but if I give 10 bucks into the offering... I'm going to pay $10 less. Well, if that's what you've got faith for, yeah, but hey, maybe you might be $100 better off because tomorrow you might be walking down the road and someone might say, hey, bro, here, I've got this and you can have it for nothing. Well, you know, hey. What about if there's a lack in your children respecting you? What are you going to do? Discipline them more or what? No. Start sowing respect. Start respecting them. They're created in the image of God. Whatever you want out of, in life to get it, you've got to give it away. So often we get religious and we start thinking we've got to discipline. 
Well, I'm speaking about me, sorry. I didn't, when I say we, I just, I should have said me, sorry. I know you guys don't do that. What about others having time? No one cares about me. No one comes to visit me. No one, no one has time for me. Well, have you ever thought about going and visiting somebody else? No one's ever given me, have you ever thought going and baking a cake and giving it to your neighbour? That's what our dad does. He's giving from a full heart, an overflowing heart. He commands his love toward us. It's a love to be commanded. In that why we were yet sinners, even when we were opposed to him, Christ died for us. What a love to be commanded. Time to sow. Is your, are your hands ready? Is your heart ready? And don't expect a harvest immediately. See, with faith in your heart and seed in your hand, you can change the situation, any situation that you find yourself in. You can bring the change. Many people have done it in the past. You don't want to have a victim mentality, think, oh, well, yeah, but you don't know what I've been through and you've got it all easy and I haven't. and You don't want all that. You are a product. You are in control of your own destiny. You can sow seed and God will bless you. He wants to bless you. It's not that there's a problem with God and He's not for you. He is for you. And if God be for us, who can be against us? No one out there. Maybe someone here, but don't be against yourself. Learn the principles of sowing and reaping. Psalm 126, verse 5 and 6. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. God gives us a heart for the, those in our community who don't know about God, who haven't experienced his love and his grace. Verse 6 says, He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing precious seed, uh, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing in his sheaves with him. In other words, bringing the harvest in to go out. Water it. The seed needs watered every day. We can water it with our tears and prayers. Praying for the needs in our community before our God, whose heart is just overflowing with love and goodness. He wants an excuse to bless. He's but he's partnered with us. That's the wonderful thing. Right from the beginning in Genesis there, he gave the blessing to man and he gave the seed to man. But if we keep the seed for ourselves, where's the blessing going to be? See, the whole harvest is dependent upon what we do with the seed that God has given us. Are we putting it to good use in my own life and in my children's life? When I've done that and proved it there, well, then what about the community? The whole three together, yeah? Time to sow. Hands for the harvest. Sower, sowing out the seed. Is your heart ready? God sowed his son. And what precious seed that was. How precious he was to the, to, to the Father, to our Father. But he sent his son to be our saviour. He didn't hold him back. He understood what sowing and reaping was all about. And he sowed his love and goodness and all himself into mankind. We were made in his image, but he wanted to see us in his likeness. And he gave his son. And the Bible tells us since he's risen from the dead, that he's brought many sons into glory. He's the firstborn among many brethren, it says. Many brothers and sisters. He's the first one that sprouted up from the ground. He broke the power of death. The ground might have been hard, but death couldn't hold the light of the world, the one who was life itself. 
really, light went into darkness and obliterated it. It's like when you turn the lights on in a dark room, there is no battle. Death couldn't hold Jesus. They could put their seal on the tomb, but that wouldn't work. They couldn't actually even take his life. Many, most people, I believe, would have died before he even got out to the cross, the way Jesus was treated. It even says in, in the Old Testament how you could tell, in the Psalms, you could count all his bones. The flesh was ripped off him. He was such a mess front and back, how they treated him. But his heart was ready. Jesus' heart was ready. Even when they did their worst to him, if you read the list of things they did to him, you would be horrified. They spat in his face, the Lord of glory, the one who came to save them. They nailed his hands that did good to the cross. He was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities, the Bible said. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes were healed. Jesus willingly allowed them to do that. He said, I could have called 12 legions of angels to destroy the world and set me free, but he didn't need to do that. He was the creator of the universe, and it was love that held him on the cross there that day. His heart was ready, and even those who did their worst to him, and he was in excruciating pain. You know, I, I pulled my uh, hamstring this week, and that was quite painful. Sort of like equivalent, I've broken bones before, and I think it was on a par with that. But, but Jesus was in excruciating pain on the cross far beyond pulling a hamstring, many, many times over, the suffering that Jesus was going through. And yet his heart was ready. He said, Father, forgive them. He was still concerned about them, why he was in excruciating pain, going through and suffering all that he suffered. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. He was pleading on their behalf, the intercessor. Can you imagine that? If that's not love, if that's not sacrifice, I don't know what it is. He did that for you, and he did that for me, because it was my sin that held him on the cross. I could blame the Romans, but he died for me. The Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He chose me in Christ from before the foundation of the world. He came and redeemed me with his precious blood. He gave his life so that I might live in him. Glory to God. It's a wonderful message. Is, are your hands ready? Is your heart ready? Then I was thinking about a house for the harvest. Hands for the harvest. Heart for the harvest. What about a house for the harvest? What about a house for the harvest? Is your house ready? Well, we can think about the house as I was saying. This is a house that I live in. Might not be much to look at. But it, I've been here for quite a few years now, living in this house. And it's done me reasonably well up to now. I also got a house where I live in a home. Really, my wife's a homemaker. I've got that house with my children. God's blessed that house. But then there's this house here. You know, Excite. House of God. With two or three gathered together in my name. Jesus said he's there in the midst. And Lord, we just honor you and love your presence here right now. Lord of glory, King of glory. Thank you for being here with us. Hallelujah. We love you. We really love you, Lord. And Luke, but the house, is the house ready? If people were to come in today, is, are our hands and our hearts and our house, are we ready to receive the harvest? Are, are we welcoming enough? 
or we're too preoccupied with our own business to even care about the people the Lord brings along. You know, he's not going to give sheep to shepherds that can't look after them. He wants, he, wants, he wants to bring more sheep in. He goes out after the one sheep we were hearing recently that was lost. God's passionate about seeing his house full. This house is not full. There's plenty of room. And we see, we see that heart of our Father coming out in, this, um, in Luke 14. We're going to read a few verses there. Story that the Lord told. And Jesus says here, he says, in uh, Luke 14, verse 16 to 23, he says, A certain man made a great supper. Well, if the gospel feast is not a great feast, I don't know what it is. God has given his best. He's laid the table, blessed us with all spiritual blessings. There's every kind of delicacy and dainty that we could ever want for our souls. Every feed we feed on Christ is just more. He's the bread of heaven. He made a great supper. And he invited many and sent his servant at supper time. And to say to those who invited, come, for all things are now ready. And of course they came, no. But they all with one accord began to make excuses to him. Wow. The first said, I brought a piece of ground, I must go and see it. Wow. Wow. I asked you to have me excused. Verse 19, and another said, I've brought five yoke of oxen. In other words, the latest tractor out. It's 300 horsepower and I want to go out and plough some fields. And uh, five yoke of oxen, I'm going to test them and I asked you to have me excused. Another said, I've married a wife. Oh dear. <laughs> and therefore, I cannot come. That would have been all right in the Old Testament if you're going out to war, you know. They were allowed a year off when they got married just so that they could have uh, seed to carry on their name, have a baby, someone to carry the name on, the family name on, and then they go out to war the second year. You're allowed a year off. We weren't allowed a year. It doesn't mean you're allowed a year off work when you get married. It was only if you go to war. Verse 21, so I'm getting distracted. So that servant came and reported these things to the master. By the way, the servant here is a picture of the Holy Spirit. Sent out. You know, it's like uh, Abraham sending out his servant to find a bride for Isaac, his son. The servant there is a picture of the Holy Spirit too. In the Old Testament, there's wonderful types and pictures. Abraham's a picture of God our Father. His son Isaac, who he offered up, is a picture of Christ. The servant that went out to find a wife for Isaac is a picture of the Holy Spirit. Wonderful pictures there. And here it's a picture of the Holy Spirit. So the servant came and reported these things to the master and then the, house, the master of the house being angry. Can you imagine the frustration and the disappointment when God is wanting to bless people? He wants his house full, but we're too preoccupied with other things. Wow. It's, it's frustrating for our father. There's not a whole lot of things that frustrate him and make him angry. But this is frustrating. He's invested a lot into people's salvation. So the master of the house being angry said to the servant, go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the, and the lame and the blind. If these other people aren't coming, 
Find just whoever will come. I want to bless whoever is going to come. The servant said, Master, it's done. So the, the servant was obedient, goes out, draws people in, and then he said, it's done. And still there's room. Wow, that's the gospel, isn't there? There's room for one more. There's room for another. There's room for more. There's much more room in this room for many more. The salvation message goes out. God's got room in his heart for you as you sit in your seat. There's still room. No matter who you are, how bad you think you are, he's after you. He wants to bless you. He's for you. If God be for you, who can be against you? You cannot hold back. I tell you what, if he's got a leg rope on you, he's going to win. You might as well just submit to his love and to his goodness and to his favor and his blessing right now this morning. Hallelujah. I think that's a word for someone here this morning. And the servant said, Master, it's done as you would command and still there's room. And the master said to the servant, go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be full. Can you hear our father in this? He wants his house full. He doesn't want us preoccupied with ourselves. He was never so preoccupied with himself that he left the whole world to suffer. You know, they might blame God, but he sent his son and there's a place of blessing if people would only come and stand in Christ and receive the eternal life that he has for them. He is that life. The Bible says he that has the son, that's the son of God, has life. And he that has not got the son of God has not got life. He is the source. He's the creator of all things. Everything that's ever been made in this world was created through him. He's not, a, he's not only the source of life, he's life itself. And our heavenly father is so passionate about having his house full. But are your hands ready? Or are you too preoccupied with yourself? Is your heart ready? Or is it all about me? Is your house ready? Well, you play a part in it. You, you, you're part of the, this house. It's all very well complaining about things, but you play a part of this house. You can make a difference. Yeah? I can make a difference. I love this house anyway. To me, it's like just all roses, but that's all right. <laughs> so is your hand ready? We're going to finish on this note too. And I want to give someone here an opportunity or a number of people, if it's you, an opportunity to receive Jesus this morning too. And we're just going to pray a prayer together. It's a simple thing. You're not going to be embarrassed. But I want you to take the opportunity and get ready. And Because God wants you in his house. He wants you in his house. Are your hands ready? Are you carrying the seed, the good seed of the word of God to plant out there? All about what God has done. You see, the good seed, the word, is all about what God has done, not what man needs to do. That's religion. We're not into man-centered religion here at Excite. We're not into all the doo-doos. We're telling you the good news about what God has done, what he's accomplished for you, and he's provided a great salvation for you. Is your heart ready? Is it open to receive the word, to receive the message? Is your house ready? Yeah, God wants to get us ready for the harvest. There's a great harvest he's going to bring in, a great harvest throughout Northland and Aotearoa. He's starting to bring people in. But we all play a part in the harvest.
I want to encourage you to open your heart up to the Lord of glory today. He's here. His spirit is here. His word is here. God loves you. He has a plan for your life. If you've never received him as your Lord and Savior, you can do so this morning. I saw the image we're talking about in the prayer time of a tree. Because we're talking about dry bones. And then God gave me this image of this tree. And the dry bones were like a branch. Have you ever stepped on a dry branch that's dead? It snaps, doesn't it? It's very brittle. Snaps easy. That's what dry bones do. They snap easy. You know? They get under pressure and they snap. Yeah? Uh, uh, wet bones, they're more bendy, supple. A wet branch will bend. Yeah? Perhaps you've been experiencing dry bones. God wants to give you a life, a new life to start with. It's a life of Christ. That's why He laid down His life so you could have His very life. You can receive Him as Lord and you can receive Him as your life. He is the source of all life. And you can ask Him into your heart. You can make Him Lord of your life. Up to now, you've been living from here, the tree of knowing right and wrong, but Jesus is the tree of life and that's the source you need to be drawing from, not this source. You can repent today. You can turn away from your own thoughts, your own plans, your own will. You can submit that totally to Jesus today and you can actually look to Him by faith. That's what repentance is. Just, repentance is just simply turning away from me and all my ways and what I think and just coming to Him and trusting in Him. That's what repentance is. It's very simple. And you can say, Lord, I want you to come into my heart and into my life and I want you to be my Lord and Savior from now on. You can say that today. So with every head bowed, every eye closed this morning, I'm just going to give you that opportunity. If that's you and you think God's speaking to you this morning, I just want you to quietly raise your hand and we can all pray together. I won't embarrass you. Thank you, brother. Is anyone else here this morning? Just lift up your hand. We can pray together and you can make Jesus Lord of your life. You can submit your will to Him. You can truly repent and turn away from yourself and you can receive forgiveness of sin and a new life in Christ. Anyone else? Well, I think we should all pray together. That's you and God. You haven't put your hand up, but you want to pray, that's good too. God can see your heart and He knows exactly what you're going through. He can hear you and He'll acknowledge you as you reach out to Him where you sit in your seat. So let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me even when I've ignored you. I need you in my life and I'm sorry for my sin. I ask you to forgive me. Thank you that you died and rose again for me. I ask you to come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior from now on. Thank you for the gift of eternal life. Your life. Amen. Amen. Well, if you received the Lord this morning and you prayed that prayer and you really meant it for the first time, do connect with one of us. After the service, just come up and speak with us. We're happy to encourage you in the things of the Lord. But right now, let's just all stand up and praise and worship the Lord together. Thank you, team.